Kettlebell Dranga. The battle for the title of North American Champion draws nearer, and the spoils are beginning to emerge through the mist. CK Maceworks returns for the third year as a sponsor of the 2023 WKSF Open North American Championship. There will be two custom plate loadable maces or clubs added to the hoard. Register today for your chance to stake your claim. Registration is available now for only $100 with raffle prices for all competitors and the opportunity to win a $500 cash purse for top performers. We'll be back at the Athlete Lab in Little Canada, Minnesota on Saturday, October 14th and accepting video submissions for online competitors. Go to TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com to register today. Come, answer the call of battle. Join us and fight for your clan. Fight for yourself. Claim your spoils and your glory. Sign up now and may your name forever ring out in the Hall of Champions. Sign up today at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com. Welcome to the Platform Podcast, where we talk to coaches, athletes, experts, and real people to learn about their approaches to training, nutrition, mindset, and much more. I am your host, Jordan Cundy wright founder and head coach of the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club, and our mission is to become our best selves through sport. This episode is presented by our friends at CK Maceworks, and they want you to swing heavy shit. As such... They're back for the third year as a sponsor and adding two of their custom plate loadable maces or Indian clubs to the prize hoard for the 2023 World Kettlebell Sport Federation Open North American Championship. Hosted by the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club at the Athlete Lab in Little Canada, Minnesota. Lifters from all over are coming to compete for the 2023 North American Championship and you can qualify to compete internationally representing your country in the 2024 WKSF World Championships in Poland. You can compete in person on August 14th or online via video submission the week prior to the in-person event. It will still be on Saturday, October 14th in Little Canada, and we have over $2,500 worth of prizes to raffle off and a $500 cash purse to the top performers in the competition thanks to our amazing sponsors. That includes CK Maceworks, Barefoot Athletics, Kettlebell Kings, Morpheus Training, Pro Kettlebell, Sorensen Strong, Living.Fit, and the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club. Registration costs $100 and is open until 23.59 Central Time, that is midnight or just before midnight on October 11th, and we will be accepting video submissions beginning Saturday, October 17th, and until 10 a.m. Central Time on Saturday, October 14th. All classic lifts will be available in 5- and 10-minute set lengths, as well as 30-minute half-marathon sets. Whew, I'm getting pumped. We are about a month out. Now, without further ado, on this episode, I welcome in Lynette Dedur. She won the Best New Lifter Award at the Riddlestruck 2023 up in Ontario, Canada. And uh, she also hit CMS. And we dive in a lot on her background because she is a woman of many hats, as you will hear on the podcast. And I had so much fun talking to her. Um, It was also really fun getting to meet her in person. She just brings a an amazing energy to the room and it was so much fun and she had such a great performance. Um, I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. I left with my face hurting from smiling, um, which is kind of her thing. So <laughs> she smiled a ton. I smiled a ton. It was a really, really fun conversation. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, share it with a friend and don't forget to click subscribe and follow, uh, get notifications because as you've noticed, I tend to put these episodes out kind of when I have time. So the only way you're going to find out about them is if you're subscribed and get notifications. And if you could do me the favor of leaving a five-star rating and review, of course, I would appreciate that. Most importantly, I want to see you on the platform competing at the WKSF North American Championships. Support our sponsors um, and you'll find the affiliate links in the 
the episode notes. And last but not least, if you want help reaching your goals, reach out to me. I help athletes of all levels reach their goals using my integrated coaching approach. Now, without further ado, let's step onto the platform with Lynette Dider. All right, welcome into this week's episode of the Platform Podcast. I am very excited to welcome in a special guest. She won the Best New Lifter Award at the 2023 Riddlestruck Open up in Ontario, Canada, just outside of Toronto. Her name is Lynette Dadur. She is an Arctic Canadian kettlebell uh, lifter and a new kettlebell sport athlete. She is a kickboxer. She is a caregiver. She is an all-around northern adventurer. Lynette, welcome to the Platform Podcast. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me, Jordan. So first question that I have to ask is, where exactly are you from? (laughs) We figured out, fun fact, that you are directly (laughs) 2,000 kilometers north of me, roughly 1,300 miles for you Americans out there, 2,000 kilometers directly north of me. So where exactly does that put you in uh, Canada? So we are about halfway up on the Hudson Bay. So we're still on the mainland of Canada, but we're about halfway up. And if you take a look as you're going up, you pass Churchill, you go down a little dip and you keep going up, up, up. There's a little tiny bay and we're right there. It's called Rankin Inlet and it's in the territory of Nunavut. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's there's no trees here. It's rocks and little willows and gravel and lakes. And it looks like prehistoric. Um, it's absolutely breathtaking. It's uh, it's a great place to be. That sounds amazing. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something. Maybe this will make you feel more make you feel more comfortable. We've <laughs> yeah. got, I switched my background to the, that, nor- the, to, the northern, to the northern lights. lights. To those of you that are on on the audio version here, uh, I've got a little I've got a little uh, recording of the northern lights playing playing behind me. So it will make Lynette feel very comfortable. Uh, you, I'm assuming you see the northern lights up there because you're. I mean, you're in the Arctic Circle almost, right? Like you're you're way you're way up north there. Yeah, we are north of 60. Um, and that basically that background looks like from October till about March, we have we we match you guys very soon with the equinox coming up. And then we go down to like six hours of daylight. And that just means the sun goes up and down. And if you're behind a rock, you don't even see it. So in some ways, we're very fortunate that we do have a little bit of sun during the winter, like around Christmas time, it's very dark. Um, and we see northern lights like that. Um, as as you go farther north, of course, there is 24-hour darkness. So we get a little bit. And then the opposite flip side is in the summertime, it's 24-hour brightness. So if you look outside your window right now at 3 o'clock, it looks like that at 3 a.m. So we've we got the extremes. It's uh it's a it's something to get used to, but once you get used to it, actually, um, usually the joke is like I I get up at 4:30 to work out, and it's so much easier in the summertime because I don't have to put lights on. Like the sun's already up greeting me um, in the summertime. And then now it's already getting dark and it's like dragging my butt out of bed. <laughs> Even though it should be easy, it's so dark. And yes, I'll still see those northern lights like very quick, just like that. That's awesome. Uh, that is a that is a very unique experience that I don't think a lot of people can relate to. Um, but it's it sounds very it sounds very there, it takes a certain type of person for that to sound appealing. I think I'm one of those people that sounds appealing to me oddly. <laughs> like maybe I wouldn't want to live there forever, but it sounds like something that would be really cool to like experience. Um, so when when did you move uh, there, and what brought you what brought you that far that far north? Because you've you've been there for a decade, I think you said. Yeah, I hit my 10 years in June. So I was originally a pharmacy tech. One of my many hats was a pharmacy technician. And I signed up for a year contract. I had a choice to go to Rankin Inlet or potentially do some relief work in Cambridge Bay, which is even farther. It's on the Queen Elizabeth Island. (laughs) So that's even farther. Um, At the time I was living in Manitoba. So I chose Rankin as it's only a two hour flight. Um, And I thought, well, if it doesn't work out for me, it's only, it's easy to get home, you know? So any, what's a year? I was young. What was the year, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> I came up and I met a great group of people and we were all kind of the same age. We're all like young professionals. 
Um, and it was just, it was fun. Like I worked a lot. I worked six days a week, uh, you know, got to enjoy the land. I, as a pharmacy tech, I was the only one, another pharmacist was there. So I talked to everybody and I would just say, Hey, I want to go fishing. And somebody would say, okay, jump on my ATV. We also call them Hondas here. Cause that's the brand. So say, jump on my Honda. We'll yeah. pick you up at six and we'll take you. Or I like to go caribou hunting. Okay. Well, my so-and-so is going to pick you up. So really the the kind of the love of the land drew me in and as i grew up in manitoba i got my you know quotation marks cold weather training so <laughs> it is quite a bit colder here than manitoba but i i wasn't afraid of the minus 30 minus 40 degrees celsius that we do get here yeah um so it was it was just kind of adapting and you know we you know flash forward it's 10 years and we have two kids now and it's like we we have two atvs and we go we have a cabin um we go fishing we go hunting every weekend uh the kids just run around we it's a small town so everybody helps out it's it's a it's amazing community and yeah i never looked back it was it was like the best choice for me at the time so one year turned into 10. that's fantastic it sound it sounds it sounds amazing to me i'm 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 very jealous actually like it sounds like a a nice combination of like a simpler a simpler way of living that that has kind of died out for a lot of us in in the in the cities right <laughs> you know people that live in cities uh it's a simpler kind of simpler kind of life but also you still have like it's still modern like you still live in modern society it's not like like we're on we're on zoom you have internet like <laughs> you know so it sounds like it sounds good, like we have a, internet now <laughs> when when did you get it was it just last week <laughs> when i moved up we had flip phones so they didn't have any smartphones yet they had only flip phones and blackberry so you were either popular if you had bbm or if you had like a flip phone we called the wooden phones so the, that was it 10 years ago and the only internet was like 10 gigs a month and it was dial up like i would i would press download on an episode and it would take all day at work to download like one episode if you're lucky and it didn't time out <laughs> Um, <laughs> they've still been updating the satellites, like up until a couple of years ago, the satellites would get knocked out in a couple of hours a day at certain times of year, just how it hits the satellite. So you'd actually lose internet and data. So your phones would shut off, your internet would shut off. Like as a pharmacy tech, trying to build prescriptions was very frustrating because guess mm. what? It would do it around three o'clock, like yeah. basically right now when people are trying to pick up their stuff. Yeah. So that was my, that was like 10 years ago. So yeah, it's a very small town. Um, we are we are getting modern now. It's gravel roads. There's only I think one oh, kind gravel, of asphalt gravel roads road here. are the there's, fun. There's that's, stop that's signs. That's the most fun. <laughs> yeah. That's when you fish. Well, there. we drive ATVs. Yeah. So you know, ATVs and snow machines most of the year. Like we do have a vehicle, but for most of the time, it's on it's on off road vehicles. So really, you don't need a road. Um, you just go on the land. You just pick a direction. You go. So yeah, it's it's a very you know I I lived in cities. I love cities. You know, before kids, I'd swear I'd never move to a small town, and here we are. You know, I I could never move to a city now. Now I'm too too used to the small town. Like there's things you give up, but there's also great things that you have to trade. So we'll just we'll just keep riding that wave. Nice. How old are your kids? Seven and three. Oh, excellent ages. Those are, those are very fun ages. Oh, yes. I, I have a, I have a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old, so I've got one that's directly lined up. I'm a little ahead of you on the other, but yep. uh, those are, those are fun ages. Yeah. How do, what do the, what do the kids like to do uh, around there? Like what are their, what are their favorite activities? Do you take them foraging with you? Do you take them hunting with you? Like what do you, what do you do? Oh, yeah. What do you do? Yeah, I'm I my favorite thing is is hunting mussels. And that's my that's my joke. I love to hunt mussels cuz they don't get away. Um so I'm I'm more of the forager. I I teach them about the land. Like I I love plant history and uses. Um so that was already again another one of my hats that I liked. So coming up here, learned all the information I could to pick berries. Um, you know, I just picked a bunch of Labrador tea. We have a great source of Labrador tea here. Um, so they like to do that with me fishing with my husband. Uh, they love fishing. He loves fishing. That's works out really good. Lots of ATV riding, lots of camping, uh, of course, being a small community, lots of friends stuff. So, you know, Hey, little buddy, like, let's, let's take you or Hey, who's, who's available. Take, take whoever. Um, and then the kids kind of play with each other. So it works out really good that way that it's like, Oh, you know, my daughter's going here with that person or their, their daughter's coming with us or whatever. Um, so it's, it is, it's just adventure. Like it's a lot of outdoor adventure. Like you'd live in a small rural town is basically what this is, except there's no natural roads. It's just a fly in community. Um, and you have your like alternative vehicles that you, you take 
take advantage of very shortly. You know, it's going to get snowy here. Um, usually by Halloween is a good dumping of snow and the bay's frozen over like the ocean is frozen. So, you know, by December, January, we start ice fishing um, or even sooner, depending on the lakes. And the kids really like that, too, because there's always snacks and there's kids running around. And, you know, I love ice fishing. because again, it's like, you know, I, I like to feel the fish kind of, I, I say, inquire it. So I get them excited about that, too. Um, and yeah, it's just it's a lot of it's a lot of just fun to be outside like the air is so fresh the sky is so blue we talk about the lights we talk about the moon it's so much more interactive up here than say in the city where there is more activities to do but you have to find them and you have to go and and you know uh, apply for them or or what that so yeah. it's just literally we just walk outside and there's like a, a ground squirrel there or you know we walk to the other side and it's like well let's go pick some flowers to make fireweed jelly you know it's like it's wild that sounds great. So now I now I have a the, this is a very very uh th we're, this is a very like northerner type of question. So we're talking ice fishing, shanty or no shanty? Like how hardcore are we talking? What's the like a like a tent? Yeah, well, yeah, is like that... an ice house. Like do you do you put a do you put up a, do you put up a, an ice house or you guys are just on that you're just on the sheet, you cut a hole in and you and you put your you put your your chair down and you fish. So first of all, if we're going on the ocean, we might have to take two auger flights. So sometimes the ocean takes two auger flights, like two six foot flights. Um, usually we take a like an Arctic oven tent. Um, usually that's so what we call a kamutik is a sleigh that you pull behind a snow machine. So we fill up it up with that. Depending on the day, we could just drive out. Like if it's only minus 20 Celsius, like that's not too bad for us. So we just drive out. We have caribou skins. We have musk muskox skins. We just sit on the ice, you know, maybe have the kamutik blocking the, the wind. And we just sit there. Um, depending on who's coming, if there's lots of little kids, we might just put up a tent. But uh, usually, because if we go far, like if it's an hour away, you don't want to be pulling your ice shack with your skidoo over hills and bumps and, yeah. you know, valleys and eskers. So... It's just, you know, everybody in the combo tick, let's go, the dog included, and we're gone somewhere that way on the GPS. <laughs> Love it. Love it. There's a, the, the reason, part of the reason I ask is there's running jokes in, in my, in my, my extended family about ice fishing in, in, uh, because it's a thing here too, right? You know, I'm not as far North as you, but ice fishing's a big thing here, but there, are, there are people that, there are people that ice fish. And then there are people that just like go sit in a heated shack to drink beer and get away from their family mm -hmm. for a few hours. And it's like, like I, there are guys that have like $5,000 <laughs> ice shanties where it's like, they have the flat screen and the heat and the oven and the fridge and no. the, like, and the, like they <laughs> put it out there as soon as the ice is thick enough they put it out there and they have their spot and it stays there all season and then they and then they go take their truck and they go pull it they go pull it in at the end of the season you know it's like you know that's like glamping you know it's the it's kind of the ice fishing equivalent of like oh okay so you're you're going to a luxury hotel to to sit and see if you catch any catch any fish in in the next couple of hours but you're really just you know getting some time away from the family and drinking beer in a, in a heated shack so i had a feeling it was probably not that but uh, <laughs> Head, head no, no, it's um like we we would go far, like depending on where we go. Uh, and if you're going on the ocean, like if maybe it's a cod derby or like you're going cod fishing or whatever, um, you might be going far. So, you know, you're going with your snow machine. There might be like six of you on snow machines going. And you're all pulling comatics and there's kids everywhere. And, you know, you all kind of have tents and that's it. And you just go and you might have some ovens. Um, but really... Our, one of our friends did have an ice shack, but it didn't work out very well. It was really heavy and it was hard to pull off the lake because this year it got so hot, it got slush on top and yeah. it didn't crack. Yeah. So even though the ice was still like five feet thick, it was like two feet of water on. It was, it was just crazy. Yeah, it's like trying so, to pull something um, through a slushy machine. We can fish till June. Yeah. And like you have to try and get your truck on there or you're your, like your um, a bulldozer or something. And it was just, it was freaky. So, uh, you know, like, and for me, I grew up in the Manitoba, so I know people can go ice fishing on like two, three inches of ice. And now it just blows my mind because here it's like, yeah, four feet, three feet, six feet. Um, a couple of years ago, we had uh, an ice fishing trip and it was in June 15th, I think. And I was in a tank top outside on the ice on the snow. Like the <laughs> snow was radiating so much heat. That's when you get sunburned. Yeah. So like that's yeah. the nicest time of the year when there's no bugs and it's like, it's not hot yet, but the sun is so hot and it's radiating off the snow that it's just like, you could just sit there for hours. I think you've it's got, awesome. I think you've got a new, you've got a new Instagram handle there. Tank top ice fisherman. Like, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, yeah. oh, that's, that's, it's on my 
Instagram, but I think it's like three or four years ago. It's like a, it's there somewhere, I think. And if not, I'll have to post it. Okay. I'll, I'll yeah. I was going to say, we, we got to, um, we got to yeah, see it that. Was, <laughs> yeah. And I caught, it was, a, I'm holding a fish. So it's legit. Like I, I legit caught a fish and it's, there's ice everywhere and it's, it's on a river actually. So if you just walk two feet the other way, there, it drops off and it's just open water. And that's what you do. You just find a safe, safe place and you fish. And then you catch the char. We have char here, trout, grayling. Um, those are kind of the popular ones. And then there's, I think there's white fish. Um, but the char, the char is amazing. If you can catch them, they are, it's like salmon, but better. It's absolutely amazing. Nice. And the trout here are, again, they're just, they're just a phenomenal fish, like so much organic, natural stuff. It's, it's hard to go to the store and buy something now. Cause it's like, Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't, I just, I didn't just get this like yeah. an hour ago. This is sitting here for like days. It had to take days to even get here and sitting in the store for days. And I could just go to the river and catch myself lunch or go pick mussels while it's still, you know, no snow yet. So yeah, fresh, fresh fish has a think. different feeling, right? That's a, it's a different whole, whole it different does. meaning when you can just walk outside, catch it, clean it and cook it. Right. Like that's, that's as fresh as it mm -hmm. gets. That's, that's sounds awesome. So caribou too. Now I'm curious about caribou. I've never, I've never gone caribou hunting. I've never gone elk hunting. What does caribou taste like? Caribou is delicious. So it's almost like a sweet, um, it's got a different kind of fat than a cow. Cow has that kind of, uh, like top, whereas caribou or cow is more marbled, but caribou is on top. So like the fall time caribou, when they're, when they're stocking up and they're getting ready, they get fat on their bum, like on the roast like i know you guys can't see this but like inches yeah. and it's very prized up here because that's that's the high source of calories so you yeah. want to get a caribou with like thick we call it tunic is fat so um, it's absolutely amazing it tastes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like that's that's it's perfect because it's going to feed your family for for days yeah um so it tastes good raw like i've had i've had raw i've had like we refreeze it um we cook it uh, I love, I have an air fryer and a ninja, a pressure cooker. So you can make stews, you can make stir fries, ground hamburger. Um, it's just amazing. It's not like deer. Uh, it's like its own thing. It's delicious. <laughs> like maybe like elk, like maybe, but I find elk to be dark and gamey, like would be gamier than that. Whereas caribou is just so subtle. Like it's, it's so good. It's really, really good. All right. You got me sold. Now I want, now I want some, but I, I eat everything. <laughs> I eat everything. I'm, I'm, I'm a carnivore and I'm a hunter. So, you know, I, you're, you're speak you're speaking my language. So, all right, let's, let's, uh, let's go back in time a little bit and tell me you, you mentioned you grew up in Manitoba. So how, how did you come up? Uh, what, what did you do growing up? Did you play sports? Like what was, uh, you know, tell me your, your, your origin story a little bit. How did, how did you, how did you, uh, come up? I was an artsy fartsy kid. I hated sports. I was not sports at all. Like I, I love to draw. Me. I love to do fashion design. <laughs> I love plants. Uh, my grandparents have a farm, so I half grew up there. Uh, and I just, I was a farm girl. I helped. That was my, that was my physical entertainment. I was outside from when the sun came up to the sun came down on a tractor, off a tractor, pitch and forks, um, on the garden. Like that was my thing. I loved it. I loved my hands in the dirt. I was, I was a little kid making potions. I remember making mud pies and potions <laughs> and, you know, I wanted to be a herbal doctor. That was my thing. That's why I actually took pharmacy tech school was to put myself through school, but we now we're in a different direction um and yeah just loved loved the art i used to paint murals um there's a lot of the murals i used to have where I, where i did live for a while in brandon they're painted over but i painted big like city-wide murals um part of the art community i loved it um and then in high school i had a bodybuilding friend who said you know what come to my gym you know you you have really good form like i think you'd be really good at this and uh let me train you and so I was like, well, I, I don't know anything about this. That sounds great. Like, sure. Okay. So, you know, did that for a while. And then one of my friends, who's an exchange student, um, she wanted to go to a belly dance class. And I was like, well, I'm, I don't, I don't do anything like this is weird, but I'll come. And that was the first day I was hooked. And I absolutely loved that class. And I poured my heart and soul into it. It was art. It was like fitness stuff. Um, a couple years later, she, the, the, my mentor, she asked me to teach at the studio, which was a surprise because I didn't have any dance background, like no nothing. So I was like, okay, if you think so. Um, and then I did all the dance that was available at the studio. So that was ballroom, all the levels like gold and silver, like Foxtrot and Samba and everything that they offered there. 
and world dance because of course Zumba at the time was getting popular and as I'm starting to learn this stuff I was like okay I'm fitness now I need to up my game because I love teaching and she put me in front of a huge class of students and said now you teach and was like okay um so then I had to do fitness and then I started with CanFit Pro which is Canadian fitness professionals they do the fitness instructor personal trainer certificates and now they've got a whole catalog of stuff yeah so I started training there and I got my certificates and worked at gyms. And at one point I was teaching 12 classes a week and traveling all over Manitoba within two hour radiuses and booking classes and shows. Um, I was part of a fire troop. Like I was, I was all in Wait, a fire and troop. of Tell course, it. personal training. What is a, fi- what is a fire <laughs> troop? This is, this is, this is the first thing you said that I had no idea what the hell you're talking about. So what is a fire troop? All my hats. Yeah. I used to, fire performing so um like fire eating uh fire production manipulation so like with poi um circus stuff yeah fire fans like that was also my side gig with the the middle eastern dance of the belly dance professional stuff um you know depending on where you're going if you're doing like a wedding you know maybe i would just be the professional belly dancer but then i would also do fire stuff we had troops all over so we would do shows of fire shows like fire breathing fire eating um so that was all my like side gigs. So this is all getting to fitness. <laughs> um, well, we have then, belly dancing again, in common, like, except mine's with, like the truffle uh, yeah, shuffle. With, um, all... Yeah, <laughs> it was a great, it was great, great way to kind of jump into things because I met a lot of people that way. And it was a really cool um, way to kind of hone in on how I wanted to work with women. So again, uh, that was why I wanted to go more into fitness is, they they come to me and they want to do these classes and it's like okay but I see you need this and I want to help you in that but I don't have those tools yet what can I do to help this specific group of people and I was always the young person I was always the young you know I'm the youngest and I'm the youngest teacher and I'm the youngest in the troop and I'm the youngest here and it's like I need to be smart so that my age doesn't play that against me so I was always trying to do um more upgrading more things you know, uh, always kind of new kettlebells with the personal training. Like uh, there was kettlebells at the gym like 20 years ago when I was there. Um, so I just knew how to do swings and stuff. There wasn't, uh, it wasn't like a big thing of my of my routine. And then uh, flash forward, you know, moving here, had to put that on hold, being a pharmacy tech, then becoming a mom. It was like, well, I can't, I can't live both lives and perform all over the place when it's really hard to get out of the community. So now I need to start actually honing in on the fitness stuff. And um, after my first daughter, so after my my first child, it was like, okay, getting out to the gym is harder now. The gym has different hours. It's hard for me to get out. She's not sleeping. I'm not sleeping, but I need to work out. What am I going to do? And I started looking into stuff that I could do at home. And of course, my fitness mind is like, oh, I like kettlebells. You can buy kettlebells. You know, this is great. And I ended up going with Kettlebell Kickboxing Canada, uh, Jody, who brought it from uh, New York. So she's she's the main person of Kettlebell Kickboxing Canada. She's offering certificates. And I was like, hey, Jody, I can't come, but I want to do this. Like, can I do level one online and then come and do my exam in person? And she said, great. So 2018, I started practicing a lot of kettlebell. It was all hard style. Um, really started honing in you know, I needed to find something that I could do that I wasn't injuring myself because prior to that with my bodybuilding, I really liked powerlifting. I love lifting heavy. You know, I love doing the 531 programs. That was like, <laughs> that was my 16 weeks. That's how I think my blocks. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it was like, okay, I'm injuring myself. You know, my body's changing, having kids. I got to do something that's, that's sustainable. So kettlebell kickboxing came about and I absolutely love it. It's so fun. I'm not martial arts at all. Again, I've got no background in it. So for me, the kettlebell was easy because I already knew kettlebell, but then I had to start learning the, the martial arts side. Um, so I got my certification 2019 and I was one month pregnant with my son. That was great. <laughs> I did a whole a whole day of kettlebell kickboxing. Uh, didn't plan that. That was That's fine. She was great with me. So that was good. And then started looking to more martial arts. And I happened to find an awesome coach and trainer in Winnipeg who does Muay Thai. Um, so I learned from him and then from Jody, she said one day, okay, guys, it was kind of during COVID and it was online, of course. And she said, okay, well, I'm going to bring in a different type of instructor for kettlebells. And is anybody interested in this workshop? And I was like, yeah, me, 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 me. I want to do zoom, zoom me in, put me on a little camera. Like I'll be there. Kettlebells, everything like bring. So happened to be my coach. And I didn't know that at the time. 
And uh, so we did this, this like strange, repetitive, you know, kettlebell thing. And I was like, wow, this is just like how I used to do my dance shows. It's a half an hour or it's five minutes. It's like a dance routine. This is exactly what I'm missing. This is what I used to do as a belly dancer. Like this is what I used to do as a performer. I would get my set list and plan out my routine and my endurance and say, okay, here's the ebb and flow of the show. Here's, I got I to gotta wait. I got to do this for half an hour. How am I going to conserve my energy? And it was like, this is my calling. Kettlebell sport now is my calling. That's what I'm going to do. Kettlebell Drenga, the gods have smiled upon us. We have been honored by the American Kettlebell Lifters Union to host the WKSF North American Championships for the next three years. Honorable warriors of the steel will travel from far and wide to battle for the title of champion. And you can earn your place to represent the USA team at the WKSF World Championships. Registration is available now for only $100 with raffle prizes available for all competitors and the opportunity to win cash prizes for the top performers. We'll be back at the Athlete Lab in Little Canada, Minnesota on Saturday, October 14th and accepting video submissions for online competitors. Go to TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com to register today. Come, answer the call of battle, join us and fight for your clan. Fight for yourself, claim your spoils, and your glory. Sign up now, and may your name forever ring out in the Hall of Champions. Sign up today at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com. So veer to the right. Um, and, and, you know, Mike says, okay, well, hey, you know, like, if you really like it, we'll zoom you in for a couple weeks, you know, see if you like it. I didn't have any competition bells at the time. I just had some hard style. I had my six kilo and my eight kilo. <laughs> so I was like, okay, great. This is perfect. Like, they're willing to accommodate me. Like, I obviously I can't go there. They are in Moose Jaw. So obviously I can't go. I can't go there for practice. This is my online is here. I am Moose Jaw, just um, north of Moose. So ass. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to live in Moose Jaw, which is it's a fantastic city. I love, really love it. Um, but to get to yeah to get to practice every week is not going to happen. Yeah. I can do it on online. I can do it. I can plan it, but actually getting there. So it was great. Like I I started out and I got through that hump of like oh my hands are so blistered. Like this is crazy. And then it started to click and it's like, okay, get through a couple of minutes and get through a couple of minutes. And it's like, yes, this is exactly, my body knows this. Um, it knows this from the dance routines. It knows this from the shows. It knows this from everything I've been doing for the last like 15 years. I miss it. I just can't do it. But now I can do it in a different venue. Um, and then I just got really good. Like it's, it's timing, it's technique. Um, and yeah, I started April, 2021 was my first official <laughs> kettlebell sport class and now i've got cms in an hour long 12 minute 12 kilo and a 30 minute 16 kilo and, and various ranks ones and all the other things um you know just would love to do more with the two like the double and it's just there's no time it's like oh, i want to do all the lifts right now and um but i know i'm learning that it's like I got to, I got again, just because I'm young doesn't mean I have to do all the things right now. This one's <laughs> going to take time now. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a flash forward, like read to the back of the book, how I got here, but um, absolutely. I absolutely love it. I, I love the kettlebell sport. I love the community. It's been, it, again, it's, it's similar. Like it's very welcoming. Um, there's people from all different walks of life. You know, it's great to see so many people like all ages doing this. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, when you get to be in more in the competitive dance world, sometimes it's not the same, you know, if you, especially if you're in a small community, or when you're teaching classes too, like if you're teaching, if two people are teaching the same classes, it gets a little cutthroat, even though it's like, let's work together, guys. You know, um, just things we have to deal with where, you know, it's not the same. Whereas kettlebell sport, it, for me at least, and maybe I'm new, maybe I haven't hit hit too many nerves yet, but um, I'm really enjoying it. And I'm really enjoying meeting all these people and, and 
coming when it's an online thing, which I know a couple of years ago wasn't maybe so much online, but now that everybody's so com- connected online, this is this is my realm because yeah. yeah, I just I can't just leave. It has to be months of planning to get to anywhere. So I'm I'm really loving it, and I'm loving that it's my thing, and I can do it, and I don't get injured yet much uh, as, as opposed to when I was powerlifting it's like oh there goes my back for yeah. six weeks so there goes my knee I blew it out um I really haven't gotten injured and it, my body seems to have adapted and the kids really like it the kids like the kickboxing and they love the kettlebell and they'll do deadlifts with the kettlebells if I leave them out and it's like hey don't forget that weighs as much as you or oh you know that's as much <laughs> as your brother that's how I usually think it's like oh the yellow bells as much as your you know your 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 brother so um yeah, it's been it's been a really wild ride that way. <laughs> it it is it is always fascinating to see when you leave weights out the kids just they just want to see can I lift it? Like I like it, yeah. and it's it's incredible to me to see what they're capable of sometimes. Like the first time my mm-hmm. daughter picked up a kettlebell that was like like that was like two thirds of her body weight. I was like, Jesus, like, uh, this is this yeah. is great. My son, my son the other day, like picked up my 28 kg and I was like. Uh, like like really good dead and i haven't taught him how to deadlift or anything like they just know how to move and they they're like you know and he just like Mm -hmm. he just like sunk his hips grabbed the bell and like i mean he had to work hard but he Mm -hmm. picked it up and then he then he put and i was like watch your toes buddy (laughs) you know you're just like so you're like yeah "Eh, don't don't hurt yourself but then he picks it you're like you're like holy crap that's really cool like it makes you feel good because you're like okay i'm modeling some things that like they, they know what they're supposed to do. They know that these are things that, that are, that can be lifted. And like, I don't know, it's very, it's a very cool thing, but you're absolutely right that I don't think, I don't think you'll ever touch a nerve because, um, it's really hard to get mad at somebody that smiles as much as you do. You're always smiling. <laughs> we were, we were joking at the, at the riddle struck. Um, and we've been smiling the whole, the whole time. My, my face already hurts from, from smiling and laughing. This is, this is always a great time. Um, but like, we were laughing during your set because you were doing a 30 minute set. Those of us that are less crazy were <laughs> we're doing, you know, our five and <laughs> our five and 10 minute sets. And so we're, we're done. And like, and then we look over and you're still over there doing your, doing your, your long cycle set. And you're just smiling the whole time. Like, I think you, I think you <laughs> smiled with rep number one and you didn't stop smiling the entire time you're on the platform, uh, which was, which was incredible. Uh, you put up a great performance. What was your number, uh, at riddle struck by the way? It ended up being three thirty three, eleven reps per minute. And I didn't even look at what the rankings were going to be. 11 reps per minute was what I wanted. And when I looked and it was like, oh, I got two over CMS. Oh my God, that's amazing. Like I went in, I went in just blank. I was like, nope, I'm going to do it. Um, I had perimeters and I did what I wanted to do. And yeah, it was 333. So on my weight category, I had to get at least 331. So I just, I brought my own cheerleader. That's usually my secret. And again, it's for, it's for, years of doing shows like sometimes you can't see the audience sometimes it's black the theater is black you can't see who's in front of you um sometimes you really just need to bring the energy like it you know depends on who had a bad day you got to read them um and that's just training that's just theater training i was very lucky my mentor at the time she was a theater major she did theater so i got i got the whole bag i got everything when i was a teenager in my lap to be a performer and now i can use that for kettlebell sport because yeah i it helps you re- like it releases hormones it releases the happiness like yeah. i kept going and i knew that i had another 10 minute set so i can't be tired <laughs> and it's hot in there <laughs> it did get hot um, especially get for hot. me coming from from the arctic because oh, yeah, i sure. i train outside when it's like 10 degrees yeah. and i'm in a tank top like so <laughs> when it's like 20 i love the sun i love to sit in the sun but working out in the sun is a challenge because yeah. i get overheated so smiling just keeps me, you know, it's something to focus on. I'm counting. I'm smiling for the kids. There's a, um, there was a cute little kid in front of me. It was reminding me of my own kids. So I was like, you know, this is, I made it. I, this is so far for me to make it. Like I, I'm proud of myself for being here and I want to just share with everybody. So that was, that was kind of the idea behind the smiling. Uh, no, I, genuine. I, it was, it was, ge- it was definitely genuine. I like, we were laughing about it. Not in any, like, we just thought it was so cool. And, and it's like, look at, look, like she's just enjoying the suffering. She's one of us, one of us, you know, yeah, like pretty much it was great, but I, yeah, exactly. You made, you made a really, you made a really good point actually that, that I, that I'm going to, pull a thread on because 
I I also grew up doing theater and choir and a whole bunch of all you know arts artsy things as well as sports. And one of the things that you always hear sports people talk about is how sports prepares you for life and it makes you mentally tough and yada yada yada. So does so does art. So does theater. So does performing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's like some of the best Big time the best performers that I know in athletic endeavors also do other types of performance because if you've ever stepped in front of a crowd and needed to perform something like a song or a dance or whatever, mm-hmm. like you get that same, those same butterflies, that same performance anxiety. Mm-hmm. And you don't mm-hmm. like you, <laughs> there's nowhere to hide. Like if you're doing a solo or you're doing it like, nope. like, you know, in the same way that like, if you're a figure skater and you fall, you have to get back up and finish your routine. Right. It's the same thing in, mm-hmm. in, in, you know, arts. Right. So like, I think that's a little underrated. Um, it's really interesting to hear you talk about how that your art background and your, your performance background made you prepared to be able to perform in what most people would consider a, a perform a sports performance endeavor, right? Like, Oh, you know, not an athlete, she's an artist, but yet that training in the, that mental training that you were talking about really had you prepared for, uh, for being able to step on the platform and, and bring the energy and bring the positivity and, and clearly it worked for you because you came in with a plan, you executed the plan and Oh, BTW, the plan happened to get you over the number that you needed for CMS. So kudos to you. That was, that's awesome. That that's a really, that's a really cool thread that I had never really mindfully thought about before. I think it's huge. I really do. And even the side piece and the behind the scenes as a working professional artist, having to do cold calls, because back in the day, we didn't really have internet. Like I was working when YouTube, when, when I started dancing, YouTube had like 20 videos. And so I watched everything and we didn't really have, you know, we didn't have cell phones, really. We didn't have email. So I was literally cold calling people, cold calling restaurants and wedding venues and places to get gigs um, and just learning personal experience. So you have to know how to read people and talk to people and read a crowd and, you know, there as opposed to typing an email, erasing it, typing it again or typing a message and like making it perfect. No, like I pick up the phone and I call someone and let's see how it goes. And you <laughs> smile through the phone because you can hear it. Yeah. Like you can hear me smiling. Um, and that's that was a huge, a huge uh, benefit to this as well is, yeah, like not only performing side but being my own manager so traveling alone you know and traveling to the riddle struck is i was on my own from all the way from nunavut left my kids in manitoba with my my family um i'm my own agent i'm everything so like this is this is it and being able to use it all and yeah to to calm those nerves because hey it's another show this i've, I've done this twelve thousand times like yeah. let's get this over let's do it let's enjoy it yeah. um because it's also the process too as opposed to like let's get this done uh, you know yeah. um that's that's also a big training with the dance and the art was I'm here to enjoy myself. I worked so hard to be here. Now it's my five minutes or now it's my half an hour. You know, thanks for inviting me. This is what I have to offer, whether it's kettlebell, whether it's a fire show, whether it's a dance show, whether it's a troupe, whatever, it's always the same. Um, and yeah, you're right. It's so underrated. You know, I, I, yeah, I'm not artsy. I'm not sports at all. I, I don't sports. I don't football. I don't anything. Um, I appreciate it. And I appreciate the crowd energy, but I, I don't know. And I think my son's going to be a hockey player. So I like, think of me (laughs) be like, well, he got a score. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, (laughs) that's great. I love it. I love it. Yeah. A hockey player from Canada. That's, that's odd. Uh, No, nobody would, nobody would see that. Nobody would see that one coming. It's so, yeah, it's so popular up here. Um, So like there's, there's hockey, there's like a hockey kind of program that kids go to and they they can even start he could probably start this year at three or four yeah um and you know people go to manitoba to do hockey here so it's it's great there's great uh opportunities for that but uh yeah i i don't know anything about hockey Uh, you'll figure, you'll figure it out. There's a lot. The thing I think you'll appreciate is there's a lot of artistry and beauty to it as well. Cause there's a, there's a lot of improvisation that happens and symmetry and there's a lot of flow to the game, which is one of the reasons I, I love hockey. It's a, it's a great game. So, all right. Well, we talked, we talked about how, how positive you were. Um, was there any point on the platform where, where you were struggling or were there any, were there any, even though the smile was on, was there, was there, were there any like self doubts that crept in or was it really just a set where you just stayed in the pocket and you really felt comfortable? or maybe not comfortable, but that you felt like you were, you were, you knew you, what you had to do and you felt, you felt good with what was going on. 
I was not worried about the half an hour at all. The half marathon was in the bag. Like I was not worried about it. It was the 10 minute, the Team Canada qualifier that I was the most nervous as that was only one switch. And I know I have some, like my left side is not as strong as my right side. And I had a game plan there and I was like, okay, well, I got to still save energy in the bank for that one because that's the reason why I'm here. The marathon was the fun part. That was, that was me having fun. Um, and I love the endurance based part of it. And I, I love the hour. And I know there's actually a, a, there was a two hour thing happening in Australia, but I, I can't get to Australia. So fine. <laughs> um, but the, the 10 minute, <laughs> the 10 minute was, that was, that was nervousing. I was nervous. It was already hot. Like it was yeah. the end of the day. And, you know, you're kind of like, you're still kind of hopped up and you're chatting with people. And well, and we know, got, like, we okay, got rain too during, during the, during yeah. the competition. So for people that weren't there, like it was beautiful in the morning because we're, we're in a big, we're in a big CrossFit box. It's a big warehouse, right? It was a mm -hmm. love, nice facility. Everything was set up. It was a lovely competition. And like when we got there, it was, it was a comfortable temperature. Like I, I don't do Celsius very well. So I know like for me, it was, it was like in the sixties, seventies, right? It was cool. It mm -hmm. wasn't, it wasn't super hot yet. Like, but, and, and, and then it rained and I was, and it cooled everything off actually even more. And I was like, I was like, man, if it, if it rains all day, this is going to be great because the, the place will stay nice and cool. But I knew it wasn't going to rain all day. So it oh, rained, no. <laughs> it like downpoured for like an hour and then it just got mm -hmm. muggy as all get out in there. So it was, so it was all mm -hmm. that, all that sweat and chalk and moisture. And it just got hotter and hotter and hotter as the day went on. So for people that weren't there just to set the scene, um, you had already done the 30 minute set, right? And, and you save something in the tank and mm -hmm. now, now you step on the platform, you're doing a 10 minute one arm long cycle with the 16, right? Was it, is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And with one, with yeah. one hand switch to try and qualify for team, for team Canada, uh, to go to, to go to, to worlds and compete. So go, yeah. go from there. I just wanted to set the scene <laughs> no for pressure. people that weren't, that weren't, that weren't aware. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was it was nerve wracking, but I I still had I still had an idea, you know, I I was going to go as long as I could on my right side, at least 5 to 6 minutes, you know, I know that I could I could burst with my four, with my left side for the 4 minutes and I could do a really good set that way. Um so I had my I had my side to side like okay, I could do 5 and 5, I could do 6 and 4. I've got the math. I'm like the beautiful mind. There's always calculations going on in my head of what I'm counting, my reps, my time. It's like it's crazy. Um and that yeah, once I started lifting and it started to feel good and you know just keep breathing, keep watching the clock, keep timing. After the first couple of minutes, I always seem to get a little faster, you know, once I get into the rhythm of things. I'm not multi-switching, so I don't have to worry about, oh, I'm losing seconds on that. Um, you know, I was able to get, I think, five and a half or six minutes like I wanted to on my right and then switch to my left and just burst out. Um, and that was great, you know, and 10 minutes seemed longer than the half an hour, just again, because of that <laughs> that single switch and just that yeah. all everything riding on it. And yeah, I, you know, the the mugginess and the, the heat and it's like, ah, oh, you know, am I hydrated enough? Did I drink enough water? Um, this is it. Like, this is it. So... Other than that, like once it was done, I felt really good about it. My counts were the same, you know, um, I'm really glad to have met Pam. She's the head of the Keenan Kettlebell Alliance. Pam Wheat, shout out um, to Pam. You know, she was my judge. <laughs> yeah, she was my judge. Again, no pressure, right? <laughs> um, so, you know, watching like watching her face and like trying to watch everybody else and trying to get contact with everybody. And again, just just using, using all of my skills. And, you know, uh, this is my first live competition. I've done yeah. probably 30 competitions online, but that's different because I record myself, you know, I, I psych myself up, but I'm not really on a timer. I just, I have a time frame yeah. of when I need to do it. Yeah. And sometimes more pressure, depending on like sitters or when my kid's coming back or are they going to wake up or whatever, that kind of thing. But it's not as much pressure of, no, your lift is at 1250. You do 1215 yeah. right now. You, once like, you pick it up, it. once you pick and it up, there's ready, no, then... yeah, there's no, there's no setting yeah. it down, turning off the camera, coming, nope. take, taking 20 minutes, regrouping and coming back and, and trying it again. There is, there is a little, little bit of pressure, a little bit different pressure, different vibe uh, when there is definitely more pressure and there is definitely a different vibe when it's, when it's in person. Um, what, what was, what was kind of your, your biggest, uh, your biggest takeaway from, from doing your first in-person like what was your what was your biggest like aha moment or the biggest difference from from doing it in person for the first time? Honestly, just meeting everybody, like just seeing how similar it is to a performance 
and to say like, okay, this, this feels like home. Like there's nothing really to worry about. Everybody is in the same boat. Um, you know, if you have questions, you can ask someone, someone's there to help. You know, for me, I like helping too, because I find that calms my nerves. So, mm. um, you know, any, any little misgivings, you know, making small talk, things like that. Uh, that was kind of, it was just, it's like a big family. It's like a big fitness family and, you know, meeting so many people and chatting, you know, chatting with people and like, Oh, you're so far from North. Like, how are you doing? Like, I'm okay. <laughs> um, you know, that was, that was my biggest thing. And just knowing that, you know, it, if, or when I go to worlds to take that same idea and as much pressure as it's going to be on it, I'm still going to do the best that I can. And that's, you know, not using excuses of like, oh, geez, I have a 16 hour flight or something. No, no, I'm I'm here. I've practiced as much as I could. This is what I'm bringing to the game. This is what everybody else brought to the game. They're all they're all fighting their fight in their head. Like everybody's fighting the same reps and the same thing. We're all just this is what we're doing. And this is where we love it. Hopefully we love it. <laughs> um, so that was kind of it was really good to see because online you don't get to meet people. You know, you can chat with people online a little bit here and there, but actually physically seeing people are meeting and watching some of the performances, like watching some of the ladies lift the 20s was like that's going to be me. Not now, like not, not tomorrow, but that'll be me. I'm going to be there. You know, I'm going to say five years or less. Like that's, that's going to be me. Two. Um, I'm giving you And that's two. an awesome goal. Yeah. Two. I'm serious. I'm not even kidding. I'm not <laughs> even kidding. And this is, <laughs> this is, this is coming. This is, and I'm not saying that, that you have to do it, but I'm saying like, I think it'll take you two years. That's what I think. And that's coming from a perspective yeah. of a coach that, that like I watched you lift. I was that weird guy that came up to you and told you that, that you have really, you have, yeah. you have gorgeous, gorgeously, gorgeously long humorous bones because I'm jealous of how long your, yes. how long your arms <laughs> yeah. are and that they can sit on your hip bone. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, we, yeah. we do, I, I'm utilizing I, that now. <laughs> I, I get jealous jealous of weird things because you know kettlebell makes you even weirder than you already are but i i i saw oh, i saw time. your no, lifts <laughs> i saw your lifts and i was i was like okay like i was like she's she's a viking like this this woman's gonna be this woman's gonna be a force like i watched you i watched your 30 minute set and you had so much fun and then i saw your 10 minute set and i was like okay like she's she's throwing that 16 around pretty pretty well so i think i think I don't think you need more than two years to get worked up to the 20. So is that, is that ultimately your goal is like, is it a, there a rank or is there uh is it just like, just go as far as I can or how are you targeting your, as far your as growth? I can, you know, like I, I, I love the rankings. I love that. It's like, there's a set number that I have to hit and nobody else needs to hit except me. And that's, that's very rewarding to me because I'm not competitive at all. I have, I have zero. If I, if I'm not going to win, I'm not going to play. Like I don't, uh, <laughs> it's a sport. It's an odd sports thing. Like I like just doing my own thing. So if I see a number on the paper, that's, that's tied to a weight. Okay. I'm going to lift that weight or I'm going to lift up to that weight. And once I conquer that, I'm going after the next one. And then, oh, great. There's double bells. Awesome. And oh, there's like two hours. Fantastic. It's just, it's a variety of like, um, I have my favorite lifts and I have my lifts that I would rather not do. And I would, I want to get the good ones first and then I'll work on the other ones. Um, and just keep going. Like I, I love watching, I love watching the women lift the heavy bells. That to me is like, wow, I want to be, I want to be her when I get, when I get bigger, when I, <laughs> when I get grow, older, when I, I grow, grow up. into her. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's one thing I do have to take back to is like, okay, a lot of these lifters I'm watching have been lifting for as long as I've been in Nunavut. Whereas I've only been doing this for two years. So yeah. rain it back. You know, I still got lots of technique to learn. I got lots of things to learn. Um, and I gotta, I gotta make sure that I stick to the plan and all this other extra stuff. Does it, does it coincide with the plan or does it not? So I would love to master the the twenties. Like I, I was scared of the sixteens last year. I was scared. I was, that was my goal. And then somehow fast forward a year later and I did a, I did a half marathon with a 16, like, I don't, I'm not sure how that happened. I, I guess I did it. Maybe I'm stronger than I think. Um, you know, the hour would be the next, like doing an hour long with the 16 be my next thing. I love half snatch. I like the lifts where I can kind of pause. I have that safety net of break. Snatch is not my friend <laughs> <laughs> yet. I like light snatch. Yeah. I could probably do a marathon with light snatch. No problem. But the, we're not there with the heavy stuff. Um, but the endurance space is what I really like. And I'd like to do more marathon training and compete that way. I really enjoy like the mind game that you have to play and to settle yourself. And it's almost meditative, which is it's not only physically challenging, it's mentally challenging. And I really enjoy that. Yeah. So 
it's kind of it's kind of like not a real not a not a concrete answer. It's like I just want to keep going. No, I, just, I, I love. I really I enjoyed it. This answer. is my thing. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. You're... I don't have to. I don't coach anybody. Yeah, like my coach sends me the stuff, and I just I go do my practice whenever I can, and I send feedback and I send videos, and you know, it's not something that I'm like, oh, okay, well, what's my next three weeks gonna look like? It's like no. I can plan my classes that I teach and I can do stuff with my kids and I can work in the community and teach fitness classes to kids. And then I get to do my thing and I get to work on my stuff and it's completely different than everything else. Love it. I, I think, I think your approach, um, it, uh, your approach reminds me actually of a martial artist uh, that your, your approach is all about self mastery and you against you, which, mm -hmm. which I love because you said, you said you're not competitive and yet you talked about conquering. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna yes. call it, I'm just gonna call that out. But you're, you're, but you're, I, I understand what you mean. You're not about beating another person. It's not about me being better than you or you no. being better than me. It's you against you or you against a standard that you're trying to achieve. Right. And that's, that's very mm -hmm. much a martial artist's approach to it's like, it's me about mastering the skill and me about mastering myself. And like, I love that. I love that approach because, um, you'll be able to step on the platform anywhere in the world and whether or not you have a world champion on the platform next to you or whether or not you have an empty platform next to you, it doesn't change your approach, right? Which I love. I love that. I love that approach. I'm trying to bring yeah. more of that approach into my own life and my own game and my own with my own athletes, right? Because um, chasing rabbits can be can be useful, but it can also be mm -hmm. dangerous. There's a double edged sword to that. So like, I love the approach of there's, yeah. be there's beauty in the perpetual pursuit of improvement and you and you against you. And so I, I loved I love that answer, even though you, you didn't think it was a very concrete answer. I actually I loved it. I thought it was a great answer. So thank you very much. You're welcome. So we've got we've got just a few minutes a few minutes left. I, I want to be respectful of your time, and I have to get my child off the bus, like we talked about before <laughs> before we started recording. So yes. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna ask you two more questions. One of which is new, and the the other one is one that people that listen to the podcast already know. So it's um it, it's my my favorite finishing question is if you could give one piece of advice to a brand new lifter, so to, so somebody that's starting the same journey that you started just a couple of years ago, um as a as a new lifter, but somebody who has now achieved, you know, some pretty good results in this sport, what would be the piece of advice that you would give to a brand new lifter coming into this sport? Get yourself a good coach and follow the plan. That's, that's it. And, you know, ask those questions and complain and don't feel bad about it because eventually it passes, you know, just stick, just stick to it. Like I, my hands were torn up. You know, I came from having my nails done. I ha I came from the makeup and everything. And I came into the kettlebell sport and barbell lifting where it's like my calluses are shredded. And I, it's like, ah, I can't do this. No, no, stick to the plan. Just stick to the plan. It'll, it'll pay off. I promise. Stick to the plan, stick to the routine, smile, breathe, you know, like have fun. This is, this is supposed to be fun. <laughs> like there's so many complicated and stressful things like, working out should not be it shouldn't be, it should be fun find something that you're fun like if if there's things that you, it's not fun then find something else but I love you that. make it fun love that all right and then the the new question this is one i'm i, th I think i'm going to ask people more regularly so uh how would you say that kettlebell sport or 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 getting into this has has changed you as a person or made you better as a person Patience, even more patience than I thought was possible, <laughs> um, you know, and and planning and because I love marathon training, I have to even schedule more um, for me. Listening to my body was a big thing, too. So with kettlebell sport, like before, when I'd write my own programs and do my heavy training, yeah, I would listen and then it would get injured and then I think, OK, what did I do wrong and go back to the drawing board. But now with kettlebell sports, like I can feel when things aren't going right. And again, communication with the coach is great. Um, and then, yeah, just listening to my body and being able to connect with it better. Um, and especially maturing too, like now having two kids, the body's finished changing. It's great. Um, being able to adapt to it and be stronger and to think, okay, what are some things that I can do to make it that much better? And I want to lift those bells. What's, what am I chasing? What am I doing? Is it worth it? Let's do it. Like, let's, let's, Let's conquer that next set because obviously I just did what I could, didn't think I could do. Like I started off the key built bells like everybody else. And now I doubled that. And yes, I do touch the 20. I do. <laughs> I know I'm there. Um, but 
yeah, like as, as kettlebell sport, kind of being able to develop it and keeping it my own thing and, and looking at videos and watching. And again, from a, from an artistic technical sense, like I see people as, as performers. So I'm watching their arms and I'm watching them breathing and I'm like, okay, how do I emulate that? So then as, as a kettlebell sport lifter, then how can I, how can I do that? How can I make it safe? How can I make it longer to, to actually do it? So that's again, kind of a long answer, but, um, I think it's, I think I really enjoy it. Like I really enjoy doing it. And I love being able to, to have it as my own thing again, where like, I don't have to think about it. I just, I work out and, um, yeah, can, can kind of make it my own. That's awesome. I love it. Well, uh, Lynette, the, the sport is lucky to have you and it sounds like you feel lucky to have the sport as well. So, uh, I'm really, I'm really glad that I'm really glad that I got to meet you in person. I'm really glad we got to do this. So thank you for, for taking the time to do it. Um, if people want to follow along with your, your Arctic adventuring and your kettlebell lifting, how do they, how do they get at you? How do they follow you on, uh, on Instagram or, uh, the social medias where, what, what do you, what do you post at and how do they follow you? Lynette Dance Fitness is the Instagram and I will definitely try to post more. I do I do more stories than anything. Um, so I will start posting a little bit more of my Arctic adventures. Um, but yeah, Lynette Dance Fitness, Instagram, follow me there. Um, I'm on Facebook as well. But uh, yeah, Instagram's probably the best place to find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the time and we will talk again soon and I will definitely be uh, be following closely and seeing all the, all the fun that you do. And I'm going to follow up and see how you're doing on those 20s. Will do. Promise. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Lynette. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Platform Podcast. We'll be back with a new episode soon. Please be sure to leave a rating and review of the Platform Podcast in your app of choice. Support our work by supporting our affiliates. And of course, if you have questions or you want help reaching your goals, reach out to me. Until next time, thanks for listening.